All right. Welcome to Waypoint's What's the Point podcast. I'm joined by some friends and fellow staff members. I'll let them introduce themselves. And I'm Erica. I'm Danny. I'm Erica's significant other. Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm excited to be here. Uh, I've been on a bunch of these and excited to uh, participate today. Hey, y'all. I'm Peter, associate pastor here. Excited to talk about Lent. And it's Tony. I'm the kids director here at Waypoint. And we always start with an icebreaker. And this year, Ash Wednesday falls on Valentine's Day. I don't know how often that happens, but I know it hasn't happened in recent years. So I thought I would ask an icebreaker about Valentine's Day just to share a Valentine's Day memory. It could be from all the way back in elementary school. It could be something more recent, humorous or serious. Mm. Wow. Mm. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> I can go. All right. Okay. Tony's ready. So I had like a little um, middle school boyfriend in the sixth grade, mm-hmm. which it's kind of crazy thinking about that as an adult. And Go look at sixth graders now in our I church. I know. It's <laughs> crazy. And he got me a Valentine's gift at school, gave me the gift. I think it was like a little like stuffed bear. And I frantically call my mom and I'm like, mom, I don't have a gift to give to him too. What do I do? And she was like, I'll go pick up a gift and I'll bring it when I pick you up from school. And I was like, okay, get him like a hat, get him like something candy, like just something little. She's like, okay, I'm on it. So she comes to pick me up and the gift that she got him, which I, I didn't know what it was. I just like handed him the bag. It was a Frisbee. (laughs) (laughs) And now he's a world champion Frisbee player. No, I think he's a lawyer actually. (laughs) But it was just such a weird, embarrassing. I was mortified. (laughs) And you gave it to him. And I gave, yeah, I didn't know what it was. I handed it to him. We both saw it for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, a Frisbee. A Valentine's Frisbee. Yeah. Super Was it red? (laughs) I think it was green. Like, I can picture this happening at my school. That is funny. Your mom's, like, looking around the house. Mm -hmm. What do we have that's new? Seriously. (laughs) Mm. Mary and I have not traditionally, like, gone all out for Valentine's Day. But one year, I was in seminary. And I really don't know what compelled me to do this. But I bought her a camera for Valentine's Day. And I think part of it was she had started making some videos on Facebook, kind of talking about cystic fibrosis. And Mm -hmm. anyways, that became the first camera that we started vlogging with, which which became like our journey for 10 years of vlogging on YouTube. And so I think that's probably my most distinct Valentine memory because it kind of went down in history. That's very significant. Yeah. 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 Wow. Mm -hmm. Mine's not about love or anything. It's just, I do remember, I grew up more in lower middle class communities. And if I had a friend who was an only child or a friend with wealthy grandparents, for some reason they're, they would get presents on like all the random holidays. Oh, nice. I did. And <laughs> during the Nintendo era in like middle school, late middle school, Nintendo games were like $50 back then, you yeah. know? So you didn't just didn't get a ton, you could rent them. So like, a couple of my friends would get a new game for Valentine's Day, which meant that I could go over to their house 
and try out a new game. So for yeah. me, I just always thought it was weird that these couple of friends with wealthy grandparents, or they were only children, those are the only two, everyone else, their parents didn't give them anything for Valentine's. At minimum, maybe just like like those little candies that are like chalk. Mm. Conversation <laughs> hearts. With the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Or something like that. That's or a heart. Funny. But I just always was excited that this group of friends, I mean, one of them was like Jewish, but I think he got something for Easter, you know, like yeah. Yeah. they got a Nintendo yeah. game just at Easter. Any, just, any, just, any yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. like, I was very excited for this Good for four, wow. four or younger. five friends that I could yeah. go over to their house and get mm-hmm. play and play new games. That mm-hmm. story brought back memories. I forgot that you could rent video games at Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, because they were so expensive, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you would rent a game and then try it out. Wow. And if you wanted, if you had like a save file on the game, you'd try to like rent the, the same, same one. one. <laughs> that oh, you, funny. Yeah, yeah, because you were like you had done all this work. Yeah, and. That is you, funny. Yeah. So those those were the days. So when I was a kid, we would make you decorate a shoebox and turn it into a mailbox. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I put like doilies and construction paper and glitter, and then you'd have to get a Valentine for everyone in the class. So you'd work really hard to like not say anything you didn't want to say to like certain mm-hmm. boys and like you know hint at things or whatever friendship, and it was always fun. But then when you become a parent and all of your kids have to get like a Valentine for everyone in the class mm. when they're really young and they have to write their name on all of them and they don't want to and it takes forever, then it becomes like painstaking. Mm. <laughs> but um, You're like, come on, Hallmark. Exactly. <laughs> so I remember two memories of like with the kids and Valentines. I remember one one year, either Isaac or Derek got Lord of the Rings Valentines, and one of them was Gollum, and it was like, me thinks Valentine's Day is precious, and it's like <laughs> Gollum looking really scary on the front, so I was like, be careful who you give this one to, and then um, another time, I had actually like outsourced to Maggie helping Derek do his Valentine, so mm-hmm. I overhear this conversation um, while I'm cooking dinner, like, why are you giving a girl the Hulk? And he's like, we used all of Black Widow, and uh, you know, what's the other major girl that's an Avenger? Scarlet Witch. I've given all of my Black Widow and Scarlet Witch. Well, at least give her Captain America or someone <laughs> handsome. So I thought that was so funny as they're arguing I over Valentine's. So many yes. memories flooding back. Exactly. Yeah. Who knew? I want to go play some old Nintendo games. So, um, shifting from Valentine's Day to Lent, um, I just want to know, how have you experienced Lent in your life? Did you celebrate or practice, um, observe this season growing up, and how have you observed it now, kind of your journey with it? Mine's pretty easy. I grew up in the low church American tradition, so we didn't. I mean, we thought about sin and fasting a lot. You know, if my people call upon their name, and I heard that verse a lot. So heard a lot about fasting, and maybe the adults in the church would do some fast. They never asked the kids to do it. In youth group, maybe once or twice, we were kind of challenged to fast. I went to a really small church with a really small youth group, so kind of had a revolving door of volunteers. So I didn't think much about it. Definitely, I knew... I. I remember maybe 18 or 19 going to a grocery store and seeing people with ashes on their forehead mm. and thought, I didn't know what happened. Like, I was just, yeah. I was just, yeah. I was just like, 
like why are there like six people in this grocery store with some i didn't even know the rashes with yeah. some weird thing on their forehead some yeah. i just didn't know what it was and i thought that was weird but, but then when i got not even in college because college i still ran i i did go to some other churches like presbyterian churches and methodist churches i tried out other things but it wasn't until post-college i worked at a methodist church where yeah. i learned about it and thought mm -hmm. wow this is a pretty the church calendar is is pretty significant and it's it it can be a helpful tool especially for an undisciplined person like me mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. like discipline rituals are, are good for me so mm -hmm. that's that's kind of my my journey yeah i had a somewhat of a similar background and i came from much of a low church non-denominational it was it was a denomination but it was the classic non-denominational approach to kind of I think a pendulum swing away from anything that resem resembled Catholicism or tradition uh, or yeah. tradition. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, I knew kind of like you, I knew very, like I probably thought Lent was like what you get on your sweater and you need a <laughs> Lent roller. Yeah, yeah. Like that was, <laughs> if you had asked me as a child, what is Lent? That's probably what I would have told you. And your belly button. Yeah. <laughs> And so, Sorry, that's a gross image. Yeah. <laughs> Take that image out of your head. Moving on. Uh, I I think it was around college. It's similar, I think, maybe high school. I started noticing on Ash Wednesday out in public. I don't think town I grew up in, I don't think there were a lot of people who observed Ash Wednesday, but I would see it and have this concept of Ash Wednesday, but no meaning associated to it thought it was strange and I think because of my very low church background thought that was not something Christians should do and then during college that was when I first started getting exposure to the church calendar the season of Lent um, I remember it was actually uh, not till after seminary that I attended my first Ash Wednesday service. And um, in some ways, that was a beginning for me. Of I was part of a church that was still pretty low church, didn't observe much of the church calendar, but was starting to, I feel like that era, it was probably around 2013, that era of evangelicalism was starting to see some trendiness to the church calendar. And I think a lot of that was my generation, millennials and below, were craving something to ground their faith in outside of like just a Sunday morning experience. And and so I really resonated with that. And so the I feel like the last decade for me has been a journey into the church calendar that has been super meaningful. And I've just really fallen in love with, like Danny said, some of the discipline and structure there um opposite of these two experiences from danny and peter i you grew, grew up in the high church high so for, church so for those of all i'm just going to cut you off for a second low church mm -hmm. just means more a church that doesn't practice a lot of the traditions that have been part of church history for the past two thousand years just keeps the services pretty simple high church maintains a lot of these various traditions and follows calendars liturgical. so yeah. So at Waypoint, we kind of fluctuate in between them, but we, we try to t borrow practices from lots of different perspectives and traditions 
to enhance our worship. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in the Greek Orthodox Church, and we celebrated Lent, observed Lent every year. Um, we would fast. We, we never ate meat on Sundays during Lent, and then there's a varying degree of how people practice Lent. Some people, strictest of strict, every day in Lent you don't eat meat, fish, oil, wine, or dairy, and then there are certain days where you observe certain categories of those and then certain you um sometimes you eat them sometimes you don't Mm -hmm. and sunday is typically like a feast day so yeah i always gave up something as well sometimes it was chocolate or Mm -hmm. something like that i had a friend who she was catholic and she was every year she's like i'm giving up broccoli (laughs) <laughs> she like hated broccoli and you know nice yeah well played yeah <laughs> smart um I think yeah that's... so there wasn't much for me personally I didn't have a deep understanding of why we were observing mm-hmm. Lent or what it meant um mm-hmm. but throughout the years I definitely have come to more of an understanding of what Lent actually means why we observe it or why some people observe it um and yeah, I think the church itself, the Greek church itself does teach what it means. But as a kid, you know, it kind of was over my head. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm probably more similar to Tony. Not not quite so high church, but I grew up in the Methodist church and we definitely observed the Lenten season. I don't think I all went to an Ash Wednesday service every year, but I remember going several times. And I remember like the Good Friday service being really meaningful because I think even as a kid that was easier to understand that it was about Mm -hmm. Jesus death you know and uh, I remember Easter always being like after that being really exciting and you know um, as far as giving things up for Lent I think that I just would hear basically people give up desserts was the main yeah. thing there was a, it was kind of a time I think people kind of lumped it in it's like oh this is a good time to diet as well Christmas New Year's my New Year's resolution hasn't really worked this yes. is perfect yes yeah, so mm-hmm. so that didn't seem especially meaningful per se but then as as an adult years later uh like when we weren't churches that did observe Lent, it took on a new meaning because I understood it more, mm-hmm. the liturgy around it. I started taking time each week um, to think about, to go, most of the time go through a guide that helped me think about repentance and things like that. So it, it became very meaningful to me as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, what... It, what is the essence of Lent? If you were going to, if someone was listening to this for the first time and they're not familiar with Lent, what would you say? What, what is Lent and why is it important to the church? Why is this season important to observe? If you think it's important, I'm assuming you do since we're all a part of this podcast. So I'll go into more of the historical Mm-hmm. And I know y- y'all, y'all can go more into the, I mean, I, there's a lot of personal for me too, mm-hmm. but it's a time in the Christian calendar to like prepare your hearts for Easter, but it's Jesus went into the desert and fasted for 40 days mm-hmm. and was tempted by Satan and, and came out, you know, that was, that's, and then his public ministry starts after that. So it's a, it's a, in, in essence, it's an observance of that. It's like a, uh, a time to remember that Jesus did that, mm-hmm. uh, that Jesus 
actually fully God, fully human, but fully human did that for us. Like that's, and, and that's part of his, his earthly ministry is, is this. And it's just, so I feel like for me, it's just entering into a season of reflection. I love the liturgy of Ash Wednesday. That's probably when, when I went to my first Ash Wednesday service, probably in my late twenties, maybe, or mid twenties, I remember them saying, you know, you came from dust, you'll return to dust. And I just thought, wow, but that's not the end of the story because there's the resurrection. And then from that dust, we're resurrected. So it's so it was, it was cool for me to think that like I'm that that I'm I'm kind of practicing something that is is forcing me to stop and just reflect on Jesus and the work that Jesus did and and what what actually Jesus did to save me. So I, I like having a 40-day reflection period because I'm, I'm an undisciplined person. So, mm. for, so it just it forces me to, to do some disciplines. And I hate fasting. Mm. So I've done it because I was told to. And, you know, mm. But I, I hate it in the sense of it's hard for me. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. I get headaches. My stomach growls. But I love it in the sense where it's important. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my – the essence of Lent for me is that 40-day period of of just preparing my heart and remembering who Jesus is and what he's done for me. Yeah, that's good. I, so the word Lent comes from the Saxon word that kind of means spring. And, and many have referred to Lent as a springtime of the soul, a season where you're clearing out to make room for new growth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, like for me, a powerful image of how to approach the season of Lent. Um, I think, uh, some have said two days from good Friday to Easter Sunday is not enough time to prepare your heart for the mm-hmm. significance of Easter morning. Mm-hmm. And I, I think as a church, we know that Easter is at the core center of our faith. And, you know, here at Waypoint, we make it a party because it really is the celebration of Jesus conquered the grave. He rose from the dead. And I think kind of like Danny was saying, having 40 days to really prepare my heart for that and really sit in uh, repentance and returning to the Lord for renewal is something I've just learned. um, And I think, each year that I, I feel like each year in the past decade, I practice Lent in a new level of uh, meaning for me and almost like a, an added layer of discipline to that season. I started like very low church and <laughs> have slowly kind of um, added layers to that. And I think that's a great way to approach it. If this is a new concept to you, um, I would encourage you to not feel overwhelmed by this season, but say, how could I embrace this season in a meaningful way in where I'm at? And I think for me, I need to be reminded and and really humbled. I think it's a humbling season. I'm reminded of my frailty. Mm -hmm. I, um, one of the first funerals I did as a pastor, I did on Ash Wednesday. It just was where it lined up. And 
I think to this day, like that was the most powerful Ash Wednesday service I ever attended. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an Ash Wednesday service, but it was a graveside funeral. And I closed that service with the words of Ash Wednesday, from dust we came and to dust we will return. And it's a sobering reminder of the frailty of our, of our broken earthly existence, but also just a reminder of, I need Jesus and I need renewal and I am a sinner mm -hmm. and I need to return uh, to the gospel again and again. Um, so I could go on. Tony, what do you think? I don't have too much to add, <laughs> but I think just what I missed growing up and what I can bring into observing Lent now is just how, like you were saying, clearing back. So clearing back things so that you can see Jesus. Like that's the mm -hmm. ultimate point is seeing his holiness and that transforms you. So I think Lent gets to be this time where we peel back something or add something in that helps us behold Christ ultimately. Yeah. That's how I'm mm -hmm. thinking through it. Yeah. Another thing that I love about the season in the church calendar is it connects us to the church globally mm -hmm. because so many churches around the world observe the season. So we're like fasting together, preparing our hearts together. Um, and it kind of connects us like historically to the church. I'm going to, I'm going to play a Danny here and it says the first, I looked this up, but mm -hmm. at the council of Nicaea was the first time they kind of formalized the idea of, of mm. Lent. So that's 325, like yeah, 325. 325. Council so this has been going on for a long time. This isn't like just a fad in the church, yeah, but something yeah. that, you know, a rhythm that's been a part of mm. the church for a really long time, which I think is, mm. is neat. And it's a neat element when you look back at, but kind of even before it was formalized, there was this season that the church would, it was really a, a season of preparing candidates for baptism. Um, and so there was like this very intentional practice of, a, uh, of preparation mm -hmm. um, for that um, baptism on Easter. And I think like just seeing some of the rootedness in that kind of preparation, I think for me is like, yeah, we need more intentionality in our uh, rhythms and preparation for things in our, our lives. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes in our fear of legalism, like we don't mm -hmm. want to have anything that is organized or disciplined, but I think with the right heart, we need tools to help us. And this yeah. is kind of like a, yeah. can be a helpful, helpful guide. Mm -hmm. I think for someone like me, this is a grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I know for some people, different personalities come to you know, our, our faith in different ways. But for me, it's grace. Oh, man, I got to spend 40 days really like, you know, this is a good thing. So mm -hmm. I, I get it. If, if, if it becomes legalistic for you, come talk to us. There are ways to celebrate and to observe all the different elements of our Christian faith without it becoming legalistic. Mm -hmm. And for yeah. every different type of Christian and personality and maybe even season of life, or your experiences or what's going on might cause you, it'll be ebbs and flows of what's kind of feels more like a grace to you and what feels more like a, a burden. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a burden in the sense that it's, it's actually not accomplishing its purpose of drawing you near to Christ and, and letting you recognize your sinfulness. 
at the same time, if it becomes that, let's let's reevaluate and and reorient so that you can, you can because we're all called to practice a season of repentance and a season of inter you know looking inside of ourselves and and seeing noticing this in and it's a common phrase among you know more mature believers the closer you get to the light the older you get the more you realize we're there's just a lot of blind spots there's a lot of sin yeah. you're maturing in christ but the more you mature in christ the more you recognize how much we need him mm-hmm. and how much pride and in, in all these other sins exist inside of us so this is a just a good season of renewal, and we can do this all the time. We're supposed to, we do this when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. I mean, it's not like we just do it during these forty days, but these this is a a good practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about fasting. You might want to say more to that. But what are some other practices that have been helpful to you during this season? I think. Um, there's three main ones that I have kind of focused on. There's others that the church uh, historically has um, added into this, but uh, three for me are prayer, fasting, and generosity. Um, and I think generosity often can flow out of fasting. Uh, but I think for me, there's definitely that, element of I want to give something up to clear space and um, I think there's a there's a lot of different ways to approach fasting um, and a lot in even different uh, goals in fasting uh, but as we approach Lent I think one of the the neat things for me in fasting is I get really hangry and mm-hmm. um, and I don't like it, and it's physically draining, mm-hmm. um, and it just reminds me, it humbles me, and mm-hmm. I think for me, like, I need that, and mm-hmm. so it's a powerful uh, invitation to humility, um, and then to, like, embrace fasting with a, a, just a posture of prayer, um, and seeking the Lord in my desperation. And um, whether it's giving up food, whether it's giving up social media, however you approach that, to really do it in a prayerful posture Mm -hmm. of, I'm not doing this for the sake of doing it. But I really do, like Tony said, I want to behold Jesus, and I want to clear out the things in my life that maybe are distractions to that, but also things that um, are just like junk food in my life that just, I think as we clear out some of the junk in our life um, that are not necessarily bad things, it can just give us an appetite for Easter Easter celebration, mm-hmm. the resurrection celebration. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then generosity, I, I just think um, pairing the disciplines of prayer and fasting with generosity um, is like you see it in Isaiah. The, isn't this not the fast that I have required mm-hmm. to do justice, to care for the orphan and widow? Um, and so to really have, really follow in the footsteps of Jesus in this season and look 
to how can I serve those around me in this season, mm-hmm. I think is a, a fun way to approach Lent. Mm-hmm. Uh, going off what you're saying about fasting, uh, in the past I've done social media and I feel like it's a helpful to take like stock of your life to observe like what what could be the things that are distracting you from seeing Jesus. So for a lot of people that's social media, this year I'm thinking it's physically painful for me to say this, but maybe podcasts. I oh, listen wow. to podcasts all the time. This is ironic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if so, you do that, listen to this one first. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. then get yeah. rid of podcasts. Right. I feel like I spend so much time with podcasts in my ears that it's a distraction. Like I'm thinking mm-hmm. about what I'm listening to and mm-hmm. not actually like having any blank space in my mind to pray, to think about God. I hate that I said that out loud. Oh, but you also could listen to it in your car, too. Yeah, yeah, in my car. Oh, my gosh. There's not a thing I do that (laughs) I'm not listening to a podcast or an Mm. audiobook. So maybe it's a problem, but I hate that I'm saying it out loud. (laughs) Now you have so much accountability. Every person that's listening to this, right? Text Tony right now (laughs) and say, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm probably listening to a podcast. I think that's great. I, I think one of the like cool things to recognize in fasting is we aren't always like giving up things that are bad. Like podcasts mm-hmm. are a great way yeah. to grow, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's clearing space mm-hmm. um, and you return to a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you, I, I love the what, what's the book we read as a staff on prayer. Possibility, possibility of, of possibility prayer. of prayer, and they and he combined fasting and feasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's in the same chapter or back to back chapters, but that concept of pairing those two things mm-hmm. um, is really powerful. That'd be a good book to read over Lent. Yeah. So if we have a bunch mm-hmm. of copies in the Waypoint Library. We also have a bunch of copies laying around because our whole staff did it. So if you're interested, gr- ask us and we'll get you a copy. And mm-hmm. that'd be a good book to kind of introduce you to some spiritual disciplines that could really be a springboard for practicing Lent. And I would say the spiritual disciplines class, uh, Waypoint Academy 203 that Erica teaches, if if you're kind of new to this or if you've been around it for a long time, it, it, it'll be a, a good refresher because we, we keep throwing around these work terms, spiritual disciplines, but this class is just kind of an introduction to that. So the next time it's offered, we're going to actually try to offer one on Saturday. I know some of y'all couldn't get out there on Monday nights. So next time it's offered, try to try to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm too and and uh remember we're always here as a resource if if some of the stuff we're saying today is new to you come talk to us and and we can help guide you in being more uh thoughtful in practice of lent yeah just to reiterate if you do want a copy of that book you can email any of us and we'll we'll get you a copy so um yeah i think in the past one thing that wasn't helpful for me is trying to give up dessert because then I would be like is a muffin really a dessert you know it's like always like kind of like the boundary, food, pushing right? the boundaries and then food, exactly right? so um but uh I have given up social media before which was very helpful and very insightful because I think sometimes you don't realize how much you turn to something mm. until yeah. you give it up and mm-hmm. um and and then, like you said earlier, Peter, you can go back to it, but you're going back with like a different yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think this year I am going to uh, try fasting one day and using that time as intentional um, prayer, time of silence and prayer, um, listening. Um, 
I hadn't thought about generosity in Lent in a long time, but I remember years ago I was at a church that encouraged people to fast one meal a week during Lent and the money that they would have spent mm. on food that they give to a certain, I think there were certain options that you could give to different like um, ministries, which I thought was a cool concept, mm. sometimes a, a giving up and a giving at the same time. And then one practice I did last year that was really cool, I'm, I'll try to set set up a guide and have it on Realm, but um, I went with a friend to um, the Muse- Museum of Art in Raleigh, and they had had a guide of several pieces, works of art that mm. were connected to the cross and to Lent and had a few reflection questions. So to go and That's look cool. at those cool. and reflect was really was really in- insightful and really fun, mm. too. So, yeah. Yeah, a couple tips for those who are not self-disciplined people, you know, so I can give you from experience. I mean, one is fasting. I, I did preach a sermon on fasting for Waypoint a couple years ago during Lent, and so I'll, I'll post the, I'll kind of put that up so we can, you know, it goes into more detail. But when you think about fasting, the best way that I've been taught to think about it is when you feel that urge for the thing you're fasting for, you're fasting from, that's how you should feel about God all the time. So it's kind of a, a reminder, especially food. I remember doing the 30-hour famine, this lock-in with the youth group, and, you know, I'm really hungry, and, you know, i got kids up all night, and mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. And I remember just being at the church, and there was some, like, a granola bar just sitting there, you know, just randomly in the kitchen at the church, and we're in the middle of the thing, and I just see it and grab it and just start eating it. And one of the youth is like, what are you doing? <laughs> and my brain... Mm. Didn't even think that I'm in the middle of a fast. I'm yeah. just, I saw food, I'm hungry, and I grabbed it. And that's how, like, that's how we should be for God. Like, yeah. we should recognize all the time that hunger mm. that we feel or that desire to pick up your phone and look at social media or whatever, mm-hmm. that should be our desire for God. Not That doesn't mean, like, we have to pray at every moment, but it means, like, we should be consistently in Christ, and He should be our are everything so it's it's just kind of a reminder just like we need these other things so that's that's my i hope that's helpful and and when the new living translates the you know blessed are the poor in spirit it translates the best of those who are poor and recognize their need for god Mm. and i think fasting is just reminding us that like just like we need air to breathe and food and water to survive we need god to make it through our daily lives and and this is a good season to do that it's a good season. And if you want to fast, I'll do one more tip. Some people, just start slow. Start one lunch. Hmm. And if you work, go somewhere and pray. You mm-hmm. know, just... Now, obviously, don't fast on the day you know your boss is going to invite everybody out. And then <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. you, then you're, like, sitting there. What are you doing? You know, like, mm-hmm. eat that day. Like, don't do that. But maybe one meal. Maybe uh, start, start slow and start working your way up. Then a whole day. Um, Make sure, you know, you're probably going to get a headache. So the first day you fast, if you do a longer fast, you kind of, your body gets used to it. But so be kind of aware of that, you know, that you're going to have to work through, you're going to have to continue to do these daily routines when your body's tired and a little worn out. But you'll see amazing results, even if you're not a self-disciplined person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've, I have seen God work in it. So all three of you can keep me accountable for yeah. for fasting one day yeah. a week this 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 season. One encouragement I have is I, I think some of us have, I mean, a lot of us have read Jesus's words in um, Matthew 6 about beware of practicing your righteousness in order to be seen by others. Mm-hmm. And I think 
um, sometimes we run with that in the direction of super privatizing fasting. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage you. I think Jesus's posture and point in that passage is focused on your motivations. Mm -hmm. Beware of doing it in order to Mm -hmm. be seen by others. And so he he gives us some practical guidelines, like don't like make it super obvious to everybody around you that you're fasting. But I don't think that means that it needs to be super privatized. Um, If you have some close friends in the church that you want to fast with and maybe get together at that lunchtime hour, I think doing fasting in community is Mm -hmm. something that... um, I, I have, I, and maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I had this inclination that that was wrong. Um, and I think that there can be a powerful element to fasting together. And so, um, I think we do need to be aware of our motivations. We do need to be aware of our hearts in that. Um, but also I think part of being the body of Christ is let's pursue and practice the way of Jesus together. And, um, and, and it doesn't have to look the same in each of our lives as we do that. Maybe maybe one of us is fasting from social media and the other is fasting from food, and we both join together at a time to pray together. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a beautiful thing. Um, and and I, enjoy, I encourage you, like, I do think that this season, and specifically the conversation about fasting, is an area where many of us, if we, uh, if we attempt it, we will fail like we will (laughs) feel like a failure um we will lash out in that season or it will feel defeating and i want to encourage you that that is part of the purpose Hmm. that part of the purpose is to cause ourselves to realize our failure and our falling short Hmm. and so if in your like if you're new to fasting i want to encourage you that if you're uh, a week into it or like uh, halfway through Lent and you're like, this is horrible. (laughs) I want to encourage you one to keep going and two lean, lean into that and embrace Jesus in that place. That really ties into uh, the last couple of questions I was going to ask you guys is yeah. What encouragement do you have to people who are maybe, observing Lent for the first time, like, oh, wow, I really want to observe this season. And in that, are there any passages of scripture or verses that, about Lent that have been helpful to you? Hmm. So. You can answer this one, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess my encouragement is, I mean, just piggybacking on what Peter said, like, you know what, we're probably, no one's going to do this perfectly. So like, if you feel like you have failed or like, oh, I didn't, you know, I was going to fast or not check social media and now I did. So it doesn't matter. I guess I'll just (laughs) keep checking or whatever. Like, um, yeah, don't know that that is, yeah, part of the process that the whole point is we want to become more aware of our, desire for God and our need of God. And, um, yeah, there's grace in that, you know, and, and I do like that idea of one of 
I think the reasons that the season was set aside for the church is that kind of we're all in this together, you know, which you like brought up. No matter, we might not be observing in the same way, but we're all in this, you know. I'm, now I'm singing that song from High School Musical in my head. Together. <laughs> but yeah, you can think of that song <laughs> when you, you know it. But also, and part of the joy is I just love Easter morning. There is just something mm-hmm. about that vibe and coming together, celebrating. Um, so Easter's coming. Like Easter is coming this year, but the ultimate Easter is coming to and that's part of what we're reminding ourselves of the future that we have together sounds good yeah my encouragement is yeah take a part take part in it at minimum if you haven't been doing the gospel reading plan start that's a try try to read every day read read the the chapter every day with us and that'll get you to Easter I think we'll be probably halfway through Luke at that point and you'll get the entire gospel of John yeah, just jump in wherever we are. Yeah, just jump are. in where we are that day. Don't try to go back to right. Matthew and catch up. Just right. jump in that day and then read the... Read, it's a chapter a day. And then we're also going to send out uh, either a psalm or a short uh, reflection, just one little verse, like section of a passage uh, each week to reflect on in addition to the gospel thing. And that's just kind of... And one of those will be from Psalm 51. I'll, I'll tell you that. And just... Just the the confession, the the reflection, the searching your heart to see what are the areas where you're not yielding to God, and just asking God to reveal that to you. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of my encouragement is is just just take the season to do that, and like literally the Bible reading plan will end on Easter, and we'll we'll celebrate yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, sure. that's great. Uh, that's one thing I yeah would want to say too is. We're trying um, as a staff to provide opportunities for you in every season, trying to be intentional about those. So I think just doing what's set up, like the Bible reading plan, come to Ash Wednesday service, come to the, Mm -hmm. we're going to have a Good Friday service. I think we might do something more interactive this time, a Stations of the Cross, come to Easter. Yeah, for parents and kids, we're going to, the Good Friday service this year will be the whole Mm -hmm. Everybody can participate in, in it. We're going to do yeah. a more interactive one. Yeah. Invite someone to Easter, you know, so just the things that are already mm-hmm. available. You don't have to be super creative, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to, you guys can keep going. I just want to share one thing about if you, when you come to the Ash Wednesday service, um, we're going to say something as we put the ashes on you. We're going to, and, and we're going to say, um, let me make sure, I, we're two things. And one of them is from the Book of Common Prayer. And that one is, I lost my uh, place in my thing. Okay, I want to get it right. We're going to say, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But we're also going to say, repent and believe the gospel. So we're, we're combining two different yeah. church traditions, and we think that both of those are really important ideas for us to remember. And obviously, repent and believe the gospel. We've already believed it. We're, we're Christ's children, but we can say that as Christians because we got to keep going back Mm-hmm. and remembering this gospel and repent just means turn back turn back turn back so that's what we'll say when we put the ashes on you at the at this at the service and uh there's there's a lot of theological truth in those true st- two statements that the stuff we send out over the course along with the gospel reading plan will will help you reflect on those two statements yeah i would say one of my encouragements is don't feel alone in this um 
We're all th- in this together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lean into community in this season. Um, the other thing is, uh, and I'll just say this just from our family's personal experience and Mary, because of health, isn't able to fast from food. And I think sometimes um, if you're in that situation, I, I want to encourage you not to feel guilt or shame or like second best about that. And in that, um, we've kind of mentioned some like creative things like social media, but it's really, uh, I encourage you to be creative. I I don't think Mary will mind me saying this one year. She gave up Craigslist for Lent and, um, and she now Facebook, which is now Facebook marketplace. Um, but she was just like a master at finding things on Craigslist. And then we were living in the Boston area at the time. So people would just give away like crazy stuff and we would then flip it. And we, we like, it was our hobby (laughs) and she just, but what she realized was that kind of like the granola bar that was any like downtime, she'd just go check Craigslist. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it was one of those things where it's like, what is that thing that I unconsciously go to Mm -hmm. for many, for almost all of us, like that's food. Um, or scrolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scrolling is probably uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. more popular sure. than food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and how can fasting from that mm-hmm. enable me to pursue Jesus in this season? Um, and a, a couple of resources. One that's like, if you are new to Lent and have doubts about it or skeptical about it, um, I'm holding the book in my hands. It's called The Good of Giving Up. Um, I have two copies of it. If you want one of them, let me know. It's by Aaron Damiani. He's a uh, Anglican pastor in Chicago. Um, I crossed paths with him a little bit during my time in Chicago. He comes from a similar background as me, where he didn't. Uh, he kind of grew up in a low church tradition, and so he's written this book for people who have doubts about Lent. And there's even a chapter on common objections to Lent. Um, and so, but it's, the, the tagline of it is discovering the freedom of Lent. And I, I think that's my encouragement for you in that this is not meant to be a burden to um, bear for the sake of earning something or um, asceticism. It, it is a freedom to pursue Jesus in intentional ways. And so um, it's a great book. I recommend that to you. Esau Macaulay's new book, it came out last year on Lent, is also a short uh, kind of introduction to Lent. All right. I want to read Psalm 103, 13 to 18. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone, as though we have never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children, of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. And this is just the essence of what we're trying to do as we come to God humbly during this season. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And uh, we're looking forward to observing this season with you. Yeah. 
Right. See, you, see you on Ash Wednesday if you can make it. If you can't, you can still start. It's not like any magical formula. It's just yeah. a just a, a service of prayer and a time to start the season. But it, you can start it even if you don't come. Mm-hmm. Y'all have a great week. All right. Bye, bye y'all. Yeah.